If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey, one of the MCSEs here at Tab. He helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online. We have three lines open, I think, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And uh, we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Uh, generally, this hour is going to get tough. It usually fills up pretty quickly. Uh, let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us. We're going to go to Ron in uh, Harlington. What's going on, Ron? Ron, you there? I think Ron's listening. Hey, Ron, why don't you pick up? Ah, <laughs> uh, live radio. So the problem is he's listening on his on the radio, not listening on the phone. Ron, you there? <laughs> Come on, Ron. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Thanks hey, for good, taking sir. my call. Yeah, what's up? Um, I got a question about Quicken. Yeah. Uh, on my backup, um, I put a CD in there and I back it up. It always right. worked fine before, but when I do the next month and put that same CD in there, it uh, gives me an error message. But if I put a clean CD on in there, it backs it up. Right. Maybe so, somebody out there had that problem or whatever. No, well, the issue is I think that the CD you're using is not a rewritable CD. No, uh, it's rewritable. But your uh, recording software or your backup software, there may be a checkbox in there that tells it to close the session. So if the session gets closed... Yeah, it doesn't allow you to write any more to the disk. That's true, too. Nah, well, uh, what I usually do is just wipe the disk, uh, I mean the uh, CD clean, and use it again, But uh, so I don't have to use a whole bunch of them, but I just can't right. fill up a disk on every month. It's just the same thing. And maybe yeah. somebody out there had a problem, and I'll be losing it. Well, hey, Ron, I would tell you to use a different media. I would tell you to use a thumb, a thumb drive, a USB stick. And stop using CDs. Okay. Um, that way you can plug it right into the USB port. It's going to get a drive letter. I would tell you to buy a couple of, of these thumb drives. Um, technically, I'd tell you to buy one for every day of the week. Is this for business or personal use? No, this is just a, a personal at home. Okay. So buy maybe an A, B, and a C stick, right? Three different sticks. And use stick A and then put it aside, back up to stick B, put that one aside, back up to stick C, and then... When you do that during different sessions, you'll rotate that backup so you'll have three shots at your data rather than one. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a lot easier than using CDs. Burning to CDs is really, really old technology these days. Well, like I'm said, old, too. Hey, old is fine, <laughs> but uh, there's no reason we can't teach an old dog a new trick here. Gotcha. All right. Okay, I'm a long-time listener. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, my pleasure, Ron. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, because sometimes we get stuck in a rut. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I might set up encryption on those uh, thumb drives as well. Well, you can buy them encrypted. Actually, well, good point. Um, as we talk about backup, I mean, uh, you've got to be careful about knowing where your data is and how it's being backed up. Uh, in Ron's case, he's probably doing a file-level backup, 
meaning he's got a Quicken program, and he's maybe chosen a directory within the Quicken program to back up to that CD. That's fine as long as you know that your file is going there. Uh, unfortunately, often, and even in our practice at Tab, um, we could tell a, a customer, look, you really need a full system image-based backup for your system versus a file-level backup. A full image-based system backup is more expensive than a file-level backup. The benefit of a full image-based backup is we get, we get the whole system constantly, and we know it's there and protected. A file-level backup, if a third party makes a change to the application you're using, let's say you're using an application like, like, like a, whatever, QuickBooks or what have you, and there's a directory that you've created, and then the consultant moves a new, makes a new company directory that is not part of your file-level backup, you might think you're backing up your stuff, and you're not. So it's very important to be very certain about what you're doing for a backup. And of course, doing a test restore is a good, a good way to, to know that. But don't just assume your data is being backed up. A full system backup, especially for servers, file servers, and what have you, and, and important workstations, will, will capture the entire thing by default versus a file-level backup, which who knows where the data is being relocated. Different user saves a file in a different place. And if it's not part of your file selection, there's no magic anybody can do if that drive fails. I mean, you can try to get it recovered, but it's expensive. Who's on the line there, Bob? Anybody? All right, let's have a look. <laughs> Just, uh, well, no. Yeah, I think... Uh, We're wide open. So feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, yeah. and we'll do our best to help you out with your computer comments, questions, and concerns. Quick little news article here. Cops were called. This is cops. I mean, gosh, these poor cops have so much to do these days. Cops were called to a Singapore golf club after wrongdoers used scripts to book popular time slots. So basically, you're gonna you're finding computer hackers were logging into a Singapore golf club, um, and they were actually uh, breaking the company's computer misuse act, and they were using scripts to book up all the course slots within seconds of them becoming available. So if you wanted the best you know time uh, for your tee shots there. Uh, Singapore Island Country Club uh, dialed 999, which is, I guess, their 911 <laughs> an emergency, after declaring that its online golf session booking system had been compromised thanks to millions of online booking attempts daily. So people were literally writing scripts. More than 50% of the online golf bookings were completed within seconds. Doesn't that feel like when you try to get a concert ticket? And, you know, somebody says they're coming to such and such a venue, and they're, all the tickets are gone. <laughs> Us little guys can't even find a, a seat in the nosebleed. You can't even do it in like five seconds. I'll give you a story when we go offline. <laughs> <laughs> so Singapore, the folks at the Singapore Golf Club called the, the police down there to try to catch these guys who were uh, going on and, and uh, getting the best time slots. Hey, if you got the technology and you can use the technology, more power to you if your system is set up that way. But they're breaking the rules, according to Singapore, and you know what they do over there. I think they cane you still. Don't they cane you? Is that Singapore they get the caning? I think you're right. Yeah, you get smack yeah. on the hiney there. Um, so we'll see what happens to those guys. Most likely those hackers deserve a good smack on the hiney. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We're here live till 11 o'clock. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is Computer Talk with Tab. 
feel feel free to get online. A couple lines open. Uh, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Jan in Berlin first. What's going on, Jan? Uh, I've got a HP printer, and I've got a Mac. And when I first plugged it in, it loaded, saw the printer right away, loaded up, worked fine. Yeah, is it working locally, Jan? Plugged it right into the, the, the yeah, Apple? Yeah, plugged it right into the computer. All right. I uh, took a trip, came back, it's supportable, and I hooked it up. It doesn't even see the printer. Hmm. I took the printer downstairs. I have a, a, a Windows downstairs. Printer is fine. Ah. Cables are fine, near as I can tell. Yeah. What I'm looking for, I know Mac's probably not your forte, but some reason it doesn't want to see it, and I don't know what to do about that. I've looked on YouTube and that, and nobody really has anything that matches what I'm looking for. Is it connecting via, I'm going to ask USB. I think Apple uses USB ports, right? Yes. It is, okay. Do they have more than one USB port on your Apple device that you can connect it to? Yeah, and I've tried them both. Really? I've tried different cables. Even. <laughs> have you uninstalled the equivalent of uninstalling that printer from the the Mac, um, so it's not there, rebooted with it not installed, and then tried to start over again? Yeah, I took it off. Uh, well, actually, I've taken it off and put it back on because the printer doesn't. I don't know what it doesn't like, but. And then it works fine. The printer gets screwed up if it if I leave it on all the time. I don't know why, but well. And so when I say take it off, um, have you removed the printer configuration from the Apple device? Is there a way to go in with Windows? Well, it goes in and yeah, it asks if you want to delete the printer. And you've done that. And I delete it. And when you now when you plug it back in, the Apple still refuses to see it. It doesn't see it. Okay. Do you have any other USB devices you can plug into your Apple to see if your USB ports are working? Uh, yeah. As far as I know, they're working because the, uh, what else goes into that? The uh, Like a camera or anything like that? Yeah. I'm, I, I'm thinking they're not working only because you've proven the printer's fine and the cable's fine because you brought it to a, a Windows device. Your Apple may have a physical problem with its USB ports. Um, that's my only theory here because the Apple operating system, I'm sure, is fine, but the actual USB port could be damaged. Maybe you shorted it when you plugged in the USB. It does happen. You can have an electrical or static charge that shorts the uh, the port out. Um, well, and, and I, well, I'm not plugging it uh, directly into the computer. I'm plugging it into a thing that collects all these things. Oh, a docking port. Oh, okay. Do you have a USB port directly on the computer? I'm sure you do. Uh, or is Apple so slick and clean that they don't have any, any don't holes at all? That one does. <laughs> that one does? So it, it could doesn't. be, that, yeah. If you can try it, plug it directly into the computer um, USB without the dock enabled and see if it works. Your dock's USB ports could be damaged. Or, last thing... These computers have to use uh, you know, drivers to speak to docks that are connected to them because they are like artificial appendages. They're sticking yep. in the, uh, uh, they're, they're emulating, they're connecting and saying, hey, you've got another USB port, even though it's kind of a virtual interface. 
and that's how it extends those ports. So there could be a problem with the, the driver that runs the docking station for you too. But I would first see if you can plug your USB-based printer into the actual port on your Mac that's not connected to the, the docking station. If you have luck there, then you're back to, and we have some, we can put some links up here that Bob's found as far as doing some driver setup for the Mac, but I think it's your USB ports on that uh, docking station. Okay, we'll give that a shot. We appreciate it very much. Yeah. Good luck, Thanks, Jan. Sir. All right, let's move on to uh, Mike in Windsor Locks next. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how are you guys doing? Love your show. Thanks, good. A um, couple of things. Whenever I get an update from my Microsoft, uh, it has a tendency to mess up my connection with Google. And I can't load Chrome or it just, you know, has uh, sometimes I even can't load Chrome or if, if it loads, nothing that I had saved in like uh, email passwords or email, you know, login names get saved. Yikes. Sometimes I can't, I can't even uh, access Chrome. So I have to go back to a restore point and, you know, bring it back to another place where, where it works before. And then I, I, that's even questionable. Sometimes that doesn't come back and sometimes it does. Hmm. Um, is there some way to, to, one, shut off updates so they don't ever come back? Because I know I've tried to do that. And <laughs> they give you a date. You can shut it off. Yes. Know, until this date, and then you have to update. Right. And but is, is there any way to just stop them from updating at all? You know, forever, and just stay with ones that you uh, have. Or well, Microsoft, you know, eventually is going to force it down on you. You could disconnect your computer from the internet, but that makes it less useful. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do that, but yeah, yeah, it's not quite as useful. Yeah. Are you talking about Windows 10, Mike? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you don't want to turn off your updates. No. And I'll tell you why. No. So okay. their uh, updates are uh, like well, I was working on a computer the other day, and it was at version 18.09, and uh, Windows Update was broken. So they have new software at this company, and the new software needs version 19.09 minimum. Right. So they were two versions back, and so I had to fix Windows Update in order to get this software to work. Oh, uh, how do you know what version you have? Down in the search, when you click on the little uh, flag, if you will, or the little window down it's in the It's a corner, window. I think it's a window. Yeah, just type in Winver, W-I-N-V-E-R, and just hit enter. And it'll come up, and it'll tell you what version you have. And your issues could be related to the update, or they could it's be a Chrome problem. Build one nine zero four one point four five zero. Yeah, nineteen oh. You said nineteen oh four. Nineteen oh four one. Yeah, yeah, nineteen oh four. Nineteen oh four. Okay, that's the one you have. I don't. I don't. Shouldn't say that. It should say Microsoft Windows version like nineteen oh nine or nineteen oh three. Well, he's 19, got four. Nineteen oh four. It was. It wasn't a version. Well, it says version two thousand four. Oh, it, okay. Oh, oh well, there we go. So you're on the latest you version. Get, what, do you have some smudge on your glasses, dude? <laughs> well, well, in parentheses, it has OS build 19, 19041.4. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. No, yeah, you're running 2000. So you're running the latest, most buggiest version of Windows 10. <laughs> oh, so there's a, a newer version? 
No, <laughs> I don't think so. That's the latest version. That's the latest right one. That's the latest oh, that's... and greatest. I'm waiting oh, for him to come out with 2009. Okay, you mean it's the lamest and greatest. Yeah, lamest and greatest. That's a good point. So, yeah, okay. I mean, your issues could be related to that update. Um, I keep. Uh, I don't even know where I am. Let me see what I'm doing. What are you running, Bob? Well, I'm at uh, 1909. And I'm running 1909 as well. And I've had relatively good success with 1909. I am not going to go to 2004. So you went and updated past that. You can try okay. to go back. Um, but, again, your issues have may not have anything to do with that update. It could just be a Chrome problem, and I'd tell you to uninstall Chrome and reinstall Chrome before going back in your restore point. I would oh, tell you okay. to focus on Chrome as being the issue because 2004 has its issues, but I think yeah. in this case you could have a Chrome problem. Okay. Good. All right. All right. We'll try that first. Thanks so much. Good luck, Mike. Yeah, take care. Yeah, you too. So we're going to step out for a quick break here, get back to your calls, right, Joe? You said 27 and it's 28. There we go. There's the sounder. It's really hard to work remotely, guys. I know we've been doing it since March, but I can't see Joey in the window. He's usually right across the glass, and, and we're in the hermetically sealed studios here in East Hartford, and he's in the, I'm not sure how they're sealing the studios in Farmington, um, doing all this through a bunch of technology to get from point A to point B. It's been working great, but it is hard as far as flow goes. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page, so you can see both of our mugs. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. Then Dr. Alessi will be in from Healthy Rounds. He'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And uh, so stick around for that. Then Garden Talk is back too, Len and Lisa. Man, what a rough spring. No, no lawn, no water, nothing. I mean, nothing's growing. Everything's just a fried up mess. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're really hit hard in Bristol. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I'm sure Len and Lisa will talk about growing something somewhere. I don't know how, so stick around for that at noon. Don't know where you're going to get the water for it. <laughs> right. Let's get back to your calls. We're going to go to Bill in Westbrook first. What's going on, Bill? A gentleman. Uh, well, I took the plunge. I bought a new computer. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. And um, I'm going to try to squeeze in a couple of questions today if sure. I can. Go ahead. Two, two of them are involving the, the virus, uh, antivirus thing. Um, yep. I have Spectrum as my um, internet provider, and they provide a free security suite, which mm. I think is McAvee, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so I've downloaded that, yeah. and um, the only thing on that is it has a, it, you know, when I go to their security suite homepage or whatever, it says, you know, protection is active, browsing protection is active, blah, 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 everything's fine. And then one thing is this browser extension is not in use, set up now. Mm -hmm. So I click on the setup now, and the computer came with Microsoft Edge as a browser, which I started using, and I, I like it. I hope you're going to tell me it's okay, but but um, this thing says Microsoft Edge does not support extensions. So Yeah, so um, I guess you're going to have to not use Edge or not use extensions. Um, it's okay that you don't use the browser extension. 
Okay. Um, because okay, so it actually, go ahead. this goes on to say that, it, you know, extension, even if it's not installed in your browser, it, it's still working in the background, according to this, and you just, you'll see error pages instead of specific directions or something like that. So Yeah, right. So you don't need okay. those ex, those uh, extensions. Um, right. Yeah, I would say not to fight it. If you really want to use Edge, you can. What Microsoft did was they punted. Uh, Microsoft's browser has been horrible ever since it came out. And they they went and used the Chromium um, system to actually produce the new Edge browser, which is built on Chrome. You know, that might okay. be my question. Do you have the old Edge or the new Edge? He's got the new Edge. You got the new Edge with the wavy. Yeah, the wavy little the wavy little circles. Is that um, the icon? It doesn't have that nice. Is, is it, it the solid blue E, or is it a, like an E that looks like a wave? Yeah, if it even looks like any, it looks oh, like a little you, swirl to me. You, I it just, uh, where would I see that? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm and your icons, when you click on the icon for for uh, Edge, that's all he's asking. I would bet it's the new one because it's a brand new system. But the point is, okay. like you said, run the run your McAfee that comes with it, you know, local on your machine, and you're fine. You don't need to add the browser extensions. Okay. Now, number two about the on the antivirus is I click on the hidden, you know, hidden icons or whatever it says, and and Windows uh, security does show up, and it, and it says, you know, no action required. I was trying to get rid of Windows security totally. Well, well Windows security, so it's just you have security within Windows. That's just a, an overall understanding of your security. You're not using Defender. It'll be automatically turned off once a commercial product is installed, so you're fine. Nothing to turn off, you're, but it's just showing you what your security is. Correct, Bob? Yes, that's correct. It's more than just uh, the antivirus. Also, right. your firewall, and then there's other right. stuff to uh, prevent you from running dangerous applications. Right. So you still want to have that running, or that that you can't change that anyways. It's more just of an, okay. in, an indicator. Great. And one last question. I mm -hmm. I was using. I bought a um, Seagate uh, exterior drive, auxiliary drive, whatever you know, plug-in yeah. drive thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been using that to kind of I, my old PC. I've been trying to filter pictures and stuff, you know, documents and stuff, whatever. I've been sending it to the Seagate and then seeing what it is and getting rid of some of the old crap and, and then finally transferring it into the new machine. All right. And I'm wondering, on my old machine, you, you it's funny, you mentioned um, Office 2013. That's I have Office 2013. It was, sure. It was provided by my company, who I no longer work for. Oh, then so you can't use it legally. Well, that's what I'm wondering is, well, okay, but, well, maybe you can't tell me that. I'm just wondering, is there a way I could transfer that from to the Seagate and then transfer no. it to my new machine? No, and even if I could, you'd be breaking the law, but no, you can't. Um, whenever, you, whenever you transfer to a new system, you need to reinstall the software. So in this case, it's your company-provided software. You shouldn't use it to be legal. I mean, we're not the software police, but... Um, if you had the disks and the key that came with it originally, you could reinstall it on your machine, but you can't copy it over. But you still okay. have to have the... Uh, the registration. No, the, the email account or the Microsoft account or live account or whatever email account that it was used to, to register it. Right. Otherwise, it yeah. won't activate. So what we're saying, Bill, is get off your wallet and buy your own office suite. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> also, before you go, um, you're setting up security. Make sure you configure OpenDNS. 
If you don't, it's on our Computer Talk with Tab site. If you go back to prior config, uh, prior weeks, you'll see a link there as to how to do it. Configure OpenDNS. It'll be a much safer way to surf the Internet. Okay. Trust us on Good. that one. It's probably the most important okay. thing you can do. Great. All right, Bill. Thank you. You got it, sir. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to software, they deserve to get paid. I mean, Microsoft is a trillion-dollar company, I know, but they deserve to get paid for their software. Um, once I would contend, not rent it forever, um, but you know, so so many folks try to try to you know reuse or what have you. Microsoft's gotten wise to it, um, and are they're actually able to shut down your software. So if you've used the same key multiple times in multiple areas, you'll find your software doesn't work anymore, and that's because Microsoft's like, hey, I see that same copy over there, and I see that same copy over there. How do they see it? You wonder. Well, you're connected to the internet, my friend. <laughs> and it comes in and talks to them and says, hey, you know what these guys are doing? So uh, try to use the new software. And again, uh, Office 2021 is out. They're not going to make you uh, rent it. I think it's coming out. I haven't seen it yet, but it's they're saying they're going to make it available. Uh, there's no way they're making it available early. So it'll be in 2021. I mean, there's no way they're going to offer it. Probably now. January. I don't even know about that, but maybe. Um, but you buy it once, and 2019 is out there as well, too. Maybe they'll uh, release it just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, who knows? All right, let's go quickly on to Bill in West Granby. What's going on, Bill? Hey, Eric, how are you? Good, sir, how are you? Good. Hey, Eric, I had this Roku um, Ultra Box, and it worked so, it was hardwired, and then to the TV, it worked beautiful for cutting the cable, so I decided to buy a PCL TV, mm -hmm. and it doesn't require the box. It's a wireless connection. Right. But now it's cutting out. Uh, yep. You know uh, the the connection's cutting out. I can, and you cannot wire you cannot wire to it, uh, which I found out after talking with uh, the TCL people. And in in a test yesterday, I had I have a modem uh, router that has uh, two six and five G, and uh, I'm getting signal intermittently. Uh, and when I hooked up, the, the the technician suggested I hook up the hotspot with my uh, cell phone. And I got perfect signal all the time. Right. So somewhere along the line, it's either in my router or at, at my cable company, Cox, that I, I, I think I'm getting a problem. I don't know why. I went to go to speed test, and the thing tells me the server's down. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you. Is a speed test. Yeah, number one, you want to make sure your TV is connecting over the 2.4 gigahertz SSID, number one. Do not, not let it. Not the 5G. Not the 5G. It's, if it's at distance, it doesn't do well. Okay, I'm getting 33 megabytes on the 2.4. The Beautiful. That's plenty of bandwidth to do um, Internet. So if you can get it on the 2.4 and get it connected, you should do okay to do your, to do your streaming. Um, is the router yours, the Wi-Fi device yes, yours, is. or is it Cox's? I own it. I bought it about three years ago. Okay. Um, have you updated the firmware lately? No, I, I don't know how to. I'm not sure I know how to do that. So what you need to do is go into the configuration of the router. You got to log in. Hopefully you didn't use the default password when you configured it up. You, can, you put your own password in there. Do you have that somewhere? Yes, I do. Awesome. So you go in there, and you should be able to update the firmware. When you update the firmware, you're going to improve the configuration of your device if it has any improving available. And it might then better talk to the wireless device uh, that's plugged into your TV. And while you're in there, if it's not already set, make sure you set your device to automatically update the firmware. 
maybe it is already doing it. If you notice that it's already already set, or when you when you click on check firmware date or check firmware status, it'll either tell you it has new stuff out there or it'll tell you it has to update. Do the update. Okay. See if you get improvement. Right. Um, All right. That's what I would start with, Bill. Okay, I appreciate it, Eric and uh, Bob. Thank you very much. I really enjoy the show and been listening a long time. Thank you, sir. We've been doing it a long time. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Have a great Saturday. All right. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. We're here to 11, so you'll have time to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk on WTIC. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Then Dr. Alessi will be in with Healthy Rounds. And then at noon, Lynn and Lisa will be in with Garden Talk. So stick around here at WTIC. I know it's a gorgeous Saturday morning. Uh, and we thank you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. Without you guys, uh, Bob and I would have to be talking about our kids. And that gets a little boring. So let's go over to uh, AJ in South Windsor and see what he's got cooking. What's going on, AJ? Uh, good morning. I have uh, three quick questions. Sure. And yes, yes or no answers are acceptable. Okay. Uh, if I go to Proton Mail, mm-hmm. can I keep my att.com email address. That's number one. No, sir. Number two, I have malware bytes on my machine. If if I install web roots, is there a compatibility or a conflict issue? Yes, sir. And the third thing is, um, the service guy put a vast on my machine, and I understand from previous discussion that that's not a good thing or preferable thing. Or do it? How do I uninstall? It. Can it uninstall easily, or do I have to do a buzz, Buzzy Berkeley routine with it? So <laughs> pick whatever you want. Well, yeah, like I said, with with your email, um, no, you cannot keep your email if you go to Proton because you're you're going you're gonna to be at their okay. mailbox. Uh, you can be at your last name. You can actually purchase the ability to be at your last name or whatever they have available, but you can't be at AT and T. Um, Webroot or any antivirus will conflict with malware bytes. So I would tell you to only pick one. If you like web, if you like malware bytes antivirus, you can leave it. And right now, if you've got a vast on there too, remove it because it is conflicting with with uh, malware bytes. So do I just take the Avast files and put it into the trash? And no, 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 trash? no, no. Bob, you want to tell no. them how to uninstall a program? Yeah, okay. you got to go to uh, hit the little start button and go to settings, open your control panel. And uh, in the control panel, go to Programs and Features and uh, find the Avast, which is typically in alphabetical order, so it should be up near the top. Click on it, and then uh, click on Change or whatever it says up at the top, and uh, it'll give you the option to uninstall it. Uh, Okay, thank you. Um, One last uh, statement. The The trouble with people is they think the experts know what they're doing. And that's probably a true, a true statement. Yeah, you're right. Okay, thanks, thanks a lot. AJ. You're you're welcome. Right. Yeah, that is the trouble with people. And then again, everyone's an expert. So feel free to get online. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. I'll refresh the screen there, Bob, for me, so we see if anybody else is online while we're waiting for your call. Um, another uh, article I want to bring up: American Airlines CEO trashes Zoom says it'll make more people fly. Uh, is Zoom the future of business relationships? Not according to uh, 
Americans Doug Parker. So, of course, the airlines are getting just destroyed. I mean, you know, you've got places like Connecticut that pretty much says, wherever you go, you can't come back. You must be quarantined for 14, uh, 14 days. So everyone's afraid. Everyone's very afraid. And the airlines are dropping down. Like they're down. I think they're down like still 75%. People are driving. Oh, sure. But again, <laughs> whatever. Um, but it, so, of course, this poor guy, uh, Doug Parker, is chiming in saying, look, Zoom meetings, uh, he thinks are awful. And they are. I'll tell you, they, I, I hate doing Zoom meetings because it's just not the same as being with a person. Um, but they work for working remotely. It's got a place for that. And he is saying that he's hoping that people start to get back and say, look, we need to do business in person, you know, conferences again, you know, those are pretty important, um, uh, aspects of business to keep the, the airlines flying. And he's, you know, slamming zoom, but look, buddy, we're going to be in the planes before you know it. I'm hopping on a plane on Friday. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, the calculus that I've done is really, you know, airline pilots and, and uh, flight attendants who are flying during the pandemic, 25% of the planes are flying. You're not seeing any kind of hotspots with them dying. You're not. So I'm not worried. Uh, if, if, if there was a big issue, They'd be dropping like flies, with no the, pun intended. With the schedule so low, they have plenty of time to do maintenance now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, they're laying all the maintenance guys off because they've got so many planes parked. So we're going to get out there. My family's getting out there and doing what we can. And you know, you look at the state here. you got a, a crisis looking for an emergency. I don't know. Get out there and do what you can whenever our governor will let you do. we got to get this economy rolling um, because it's in huge trouble. Uh, it was already in trouble before the pandemic. Just imagine when we quote-unquote come out. So I want to thank you guys for joining us on this Saturday morning. Thank you, Joey, for producing back there in Farmington. And thank you, Mike G., for posting everything live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And if you follow us on Facebook and like Tab Computer Systems, Mark Zuckerberg may let our news articles get into your news feed if he deems them worthy. See you next month. <laughs> From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.